Shameless Media. Guys, just a heads up before you listen to this episode. This episode does mention suicide and may be triggering for some listeners. No matter who you are, where you live, what you do for work, how rich or broke you might be, you're carrying around a secret. We all are. And this show, well, it's all about spilling them. Welcome to Everybody Has a Secret. My name is Annabelle Lee. I'm your host and ultimate secret sharer. Flex Mommy, welcome back to Everybody Has a Secret. Besties, how you doing? We're doing good, we're doing good. Now Flex, you've elevator pitched yourself to me before, but just in case any listeners haven't listened to our last episode together, you are a podcaster, you're a best-selling author, a DJ, TV presenter extraordinaire, and founder of Flex Factory. Mm-hmm. Last episode, I asked you to spill a secret. You gave me a good one. I did. I would like to ask you for another, please. I can give you another secret. This one, very low brow, yep. but I think that it creates a lot of context or creates a more clear picture of who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. I, Lillian Flex Mommy Hankin, solemnly believe that it is very okay to pee in the shower. I do it every <gasps> oh single day. Oh my God. Day. Thank you. I agree with you. And it really fucking pisses me off when people deny it. I feel like everyone lets yeah. some pee go in the shower now and the then. The thing is, right. And the reason why I want to go on record and say this is because, as you know, in pop culture, there's been a lot of discussions about hygiene practices or what happens in the shower or in the bathroom. And we've heard too much. We've heard things that might give people the impression that hygiene is not at the top of the list. So now I hear people over-enthuse and say, you know, I shower three times a day because I'm so hygienic. Or, you know, I wash my hands before and after I pee because I would never wipe without, you know, washing my hands first. I'm like, that's not happening in real life, babe. You're not going to the bathroom, washing your hands, peeing, wiping, washing your hands again. You're lying. I want to match your lowbrow secret with a secret of my own. (laughs) I was trying to talk to my housemate about this before recording. I was like, I need to spill a secret of my own and I don't know what to say. And we happened to be sitting in our very, very hot apartment, much like this podcast room, very hot, very sweat inducing. And we're talking about how sweaty that I tend to get. And then I was like, you know, what's a funny secret to tell is that sometimes I rock up to our shameless media office, pretty sweaty and I'm wiping away my sweat and everyone's like, oh, like you're okay. Should we turn the aircon on? And then I say, no, it's okay. I just walked from home and I'm pretty sweaty. It's a lie. I didn't walk from home. I lied (laughs) frequently. I lie frequently and I say, I walk from home to the office, that's why I'm sweaty. I don't. I, I hop off the tram and I, and I get into the office and I just start bucketing down with sweat because I'm a sweaty person. Right now, I'm sweating really and that's just the way it is. Body temperature, it is. it is. And there's no way to stop it. Sometimes I try and like mentally picture ice cubes to try and like the mind, body suck the sweat way. back in. <laughs> Let's get down to business, though, because, Flex, every episode, we open a letter from one of the listeners. Each letter will reveal that person's deepest, darkest secret, a secret that they've never told anybody. Every episode, we ask producer Justine to read out the letter for us so that the listeners at home can learn of the secret with us. Now, I've got the letter here for you to read. So romantic. Yes, there you 
go. Love theatre. So today's secret is from Phoebe. I know. It's got some handwriting on it. It's very old school. Today's secret is from Phoebe. So Flex, it's officially time. Let's open our letters. Hi, guys. I told a lie four years ago that's been following me around ever since. It was 2018, and I was out for dinner with some new university friends I'd only really just started clicking with. We were chatting about our lives at a nearby pub, how we grew up, what school we went to, our families, that kind of stuff. When somebody asked me about my own family, specifically about my dad, I decided to share the story of his suicide in 2015. They were each abundantly supportive. They were so loving and caring for me at that moment that I instantly saw what incredible people they were. They listened intently as I told my story and were so gentle with their comments and condolences that from that moment on, our friendships steadily grew. Now, in 2022, I consider them my very, very best friends. I'm very lucky to have them in my life. Here's the problem, though. I told the biggest lie of my life that night in the pub because my dad didn't die of suicide. Actually, my dad didn't die at all. I don't know why I said what I did. I didn't plan to lie or think about it at all before the words came out of my mouth. Thinking back now, the only reasonable explanation I can give you is that when we had that conversation about our lives and families, I was in a very different place with my dad and it compelled me to fabricate a story out of anger. We've had a broken relationship for almost my entire life. My parents separated before I turned one and it's really only ever been my mum and me since then. My dad has repeatedly struggled with addiction and substance abuse issues, and his behaviour has inflicted hurt and pain onto my mum, along with her siblings and parents, for years. When that conversation with my uni friends happened in 2018, my dad was repeatedly reaching out to me on social media, sending me harassing DMs and messages, mostly insulting my mum. I was furious with him. To me, he was basically dead. So when that question came about my family, the words just flowed from my mouth. He was dead, and given his addiction issues, he died in the way I'd always anticipated he might die when I was growing up. My big secret was safe until recently, because over the last few months, my dad has started getting better and reaching out to me in a way that's healthy, productive, and loving. Now that he's on the road to recovery, I actually think he could end up being a part of my life again. Only, how the hell do I tell my best friends that I've lied to them about my dad being dead when he's very much alive? How do I be respectful and self-aware and allow them to express disappointment or anger in what I've done? Can a friendship even move past a secret like this? That's the question. Can it? Can it move past a secret like this? I was watching your face. I feel like you've got thoughts, but I want to start with your gut reaction. Can you tell me what your gut is feeling right now? This is not good. And I'm surprised that this person's emphasis is on what will my friends think about it versus what will I now tell the person who I've rebuilt this relationship with that at one point they hurt me so bad that I not only wish death upon them, I spread a rumour that they were dead. That did not even cross my mind how the dad would feel about this. I actually feel an overwhelming sense of sympathy for this listener, Phoebe, we'll call her. Yeah. I feel sad that she felt this way about her relationship with her father, that she had to construct this big lie. And it is a big lie, but I don't know, my gut's telling me that doesn't necessarily make her a bad person. No, I'm, we're not going to bring morality into this. Yeah. Let's just bring it down to, you know, what you should have done and what actually, you know, transpired. I think the biggest issue here is, or well, the one that is affecting me the most, mm-hmm. 
is from the earliest age, I've been taught about the power of the tongue, right? And you don't just say things without understanding the implications of what you say, not just in the physical plane, but in a spiritual sense, right? Yeah. I grew up religious. So those things don't leave with you, which means that when I speak to people, I'm very mindful of what I say, why I say it, and how I say it. Yeah. So in this instance, I was like, whoa, you said something so wild, so flippantly for a cheap point of connection with people that you didn't even know. Yeah. You know, this was a very, you know, potentially casual interaction with some new uni people. It didn't have to be that way. And now look what happened. It's specifically for me, the thing that's most concerning about this secret is the choice to go with death by suicide. It's like, it's really specific. And I want to be quite sensitive with this because like death by suicide is a sensitive thing. But it's like, I wonder what was going through her mind at that point to choose not death by any other way, but suicide, like he had killed himself. Yeah. I mean, I guess Phoebe did mention that it's the way that she assumed he would go. Yeah. So I guess, you know that, It's not a saying, it's, you know, in the realm of fact, but your brain can't tell the difference between reality and an imagined reality. Mm -hmm. So in Phoebe's mind, allegedly, presumably, you know, she's already had a lot of time to think about the consequences of her dad's actions. And so therefore, this idea of him dying by suicide isn't the most dramatic thing to ever happen. And I'm sure when sharing this information, it was just an extension of what her internal narrative was already speaking so clearly to her, that this guy who has this addiction, if I'm going to end up in this place, let me self-soothe with normalizing it for myself and it really should have maintained an insular practice of self-soothing because now it's been shared with these other people who undoubtedly she now has to be responsible for how they're going to take this admission Mm. of of lying when it really shouldn't even matter but now it has to because they're not strangers they're your best friends yeah flex i want to know what you would or how you would react if you were in the friend's position but before we get there let's hear a word from today's sponsor So let's go there. If you were the friends that Phoebe has just shared this big news with, my dad died by suicide. And then years later, you find out she was actually lying. How would you respond? Phoebe would be lucky she's telling me in the year 2022. (laughs) (laughs) Because had it been the year 2018, 2019, or even 2020, I would have made her feel really guilty because I would have... I'm trying to learn that not everybody behaves in the way they intend to, right? Sometimes you express thoughts or actions or you do things that don't really in line with the way you wanted to, but it happens anyway. It's kind of like the antithesis of if you wanted to, you would. But sometimes you do want to and you don't. But I didn't feel that way a couple of years ago. So I would have been harsh. I would have been like, you lied and that's really terrible. And how could you do this? And what responsibility do you have to us and whatever? These days... It would just be a safe place to vent, kind of like a sponge. Yeah. You talk, I soak up. And when you're ready to like ring me out to feed me some new information, I will then soak it up again. Because in that moment, Phoebe's not expressing this because she wants someone to berate her for what she could have, should have, would have four years ago. What could we, should we, or would we have done four years ago if we could do things differently? Yeah. It's not fair to make her feel bad. And also the biggest issue is how she's going to tell her dad. Yeah. Well, for me, the aspect of this letter that made me feel the most sad and empathetic, I guess, was how self-aware she was that she had fucked up. Like she's yeah. fucked up in a lot of areas here with her friendships, with her relationship with her dad. She knows how big this lie is and how destructive it could be. Another thing that I think is the reason why I feel really sad for Phoebe is because there's like a sense of relatability for me in this 
especially with like telling lies about family stuff. Mm. I used to do that. Like I used to have some like mental health issues in my family that kind of negatively affected my family home and my family space. And I was kind of like ashamed of that. So I didn't tell anyone. I didn't necessarily lie about anything, but I was lying by omission. Like people had no idea what was going on behind closed doors. And so I can put myself in Phoebe's position and I can sense that she's in a lot of pain and I'm kind of in pain for her. She did the best with what she had. Yeah, totally. Flex, we actually took to the streets and asked people in Melbourne what the biggest lie they've told is. Mm. Let's hear from them now. What's the biggest lie you've ever told? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> biggest lie I've ever told? Probably lied about job experience. That wouldn't be the biggest lie. Oh, oh, cheating on an ex-partner would probably be one. Yeah. But that was more an omission <laughs> of truth. Okay, so she didn't ask, so you didn't tell her. We're not together anymore. <laughs> I could have guessed. <laughs> Told people my dog died. And why'd you do that? Attention. As a kid. I think I was in year two. My parents are very much against sex before marriage. I was brought up in a Catholic household, so it's very much against their values. I'm pretty sure they ha- they've like caught on or they probably know and they've tried to get it out of me, but I'm very adamant to not tell them that I'm having sex. <laughs> my mum went to Thailand on a holiday. And at the start of my relationship with my ex, I went to his house every night while she was away. Oh, sneaky. I'm not that sneaky. <laughs> the most I lie about is if my mum's like, how much did that cost you? And I'm like, telling her it's like $20 less than it was. <laughs> that I smoke. <laughs> my parents didn't think so. And my mum found out I had one and cracked it. Gosh, I used to lie a lot as a kid. So I've told some pretty bad ones before. Maybe that I had a best friend that died. I was really young, that was like in primary school, and I told it because I had just moved schools and I kind of wanted the attention. That I cheated on my boyfriend. So he doesn't know us He does know now. He does know. <laughs> How did that happen? He went through my messages. Kind of fair, fair game. That I like my best friend's boyfriend. <gasps> Do you know him? Yeah, we actually have the exact same situation. We've just been talking about it. The thing is, it's a very touchy subject because you want to be supportive of her because you know she's really happy, but you also can see these red flags and you don't want her to get hurt. So it's a very fine line. Yeah, and I think it's more the fact that, like, (laughs) you can say it, but then if she goes back, then what do you do? You don't want to be the friend that hates the boyfriend. So that's the sticky situation. I've done that before. I've said it, and then they got back together. And I was like, no, but I lied. I love him. I love him. Literally, literally. So with that last one, the lie was that she likes her best friend's boyfriend so she doesn't actually like i thought the lie was that she has feelings for the best friend's boyfriend but she's telling the best friend to break up with the boy oh when i was stitching together those responses i was like this could be potentially something that people misinterpret but no yeah she hates the boyfriend oh that's okay doesn't know how to raise it like don't we all hate the boyfriend that's okay okay. flex i want to know from you what is the biggest lie you've ever told Mm. if you are comfortable sharing of course go for it i don't know (laughs) Because, I, again, I was thinking about this a lot. Yeah. But I would say the biggest lie that I remember telling was there was this stage when I was, like, 18 and I just finished high school and I was about a year out. And I had never been in and among people who were so questioning of my identity before. Like, the whole, like, where are you from? Yeah. Didn't really happen, right? Yeah. But it happened so often when I started going out, clubbing, whatever. So for six months, I just told people I was Cambodian. <laughs> and, and watching them try to see if I was lying, but I would just double down. I'm like, you don't see it? 
I'm not even shitting with you. I've said this to someone before, a man who asked me this at a club and was like, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from Russia. And he was like, what? Yeah, but he was like, no, you're not trying to convince me otherwise. And I was like, how about you just walk away? Because that's what I'm trying to get from this interaction. (laughs) I like to double down. I don't mind a long con because for that, I'm just like, and I tell lies quite frequently in the Uber. Yeah. So if somebody's like, what do you do? I work in PR. It's fun to fuck with it's people no sometimes. To tell the truth. Or where do you live? Yeah. If I'm in another country or state, I just make up another state. It's also a safety issue. I don't want you knowing where I live. Exactly. But in the context of lying generally, I go back and forth about it because I think there's a lot of room for lying and dishonesty. Yep. I do think so. But I feel like people choose the wrong instances to lie because it's harming them. Yeah. And I feel like self-preservation and harm reduction is the best way to go if you're going to lie. If it is really for the benefit of you and it's reducing the harm, not just delaying it, fine. So like this whole idea of, you know, I don't want to tell my friend that I don't like her boyfriend that's not reducing harm. That's delaying it. Yeah, it's gonna that's hurt so true. When she finds out in three years that you never liked her boyfriend for really valid reasons and you couldn't tell her. Because surely your love for your friend has to outweigh the disdain you have for her partner. Surely. No judgment. Similarly, let's say I'm lying about my job experience, right? That is delaying harm. That's not reducing it. Because eventually you're going to be put in scenarios where you are held to a standard that you can't match. And then now you're letting down people around you who are banking on you having a standard you can't match. Granted, do what you want to get your check. But I just feel like that's going to hurt you more in the long term. So in a friendship, would you rather a friend that consistently told white lies Mm -mm. or like a situation like Phoebe's? She told this one big lie that is quite intense it's quite serious it's quite potentially destructive what would you rather in a friend i'm taking the big lie yeah only because i can imagine a bigger lie had more reason to be shared right Mm. or not shared for example if you have someone who's consistently telling white lies that's not just fragmenting the foundation of your relationship but everything you build on top is going to be wilting and suffering because you cannot trust anything this person says and I think it goes so much more than just like white lying it's about reliability it's about loyalty it's about trust in like the most general sense and so I feel like it's one thing for a person to white lie and embellish like a storyteller but a white liar gaslighter double downer it's like babes what's going on yeah I agree with you I want to know what you think compelled Phoebe to lie because for me I feel like she's maybe craving care that her father wasn't giving her or like that she didn't have in that relationship she was saying that her father had done all these things and hurt her in so many ways and I feel like she was without this comfort and like familial comfort and she said now that these friends are close friends of hers and she really values that friendship and I feel like in some warped way she got that level of comfort by telling the lie and now it's a matter of reversing it all and telling her friends that she did tell this lie. Mm. I think people underestimate how much people really want to feel like they're a part of something and what they will do to really cement those close interpersonal connections. I don't think it'd be hard to find very similar stories of someone, you know, expressing some kind of half-truth, a lie, omitting something for the benefit of creating an illusion of closeness that isn't there. She was saying as well that, like, these people were telling me things about their lives Mm -hmm. that were quite intimate and 
important to these people. I also feel like, as you say, there's a level of wanting to connect and not having anything else to draw from. And then your brain just, I get it. Your brain goes and grasps these things that she doesn't even know where they're coming from and is like, Mm. okay, I'm going to say it. And I can imagine that instantly after she said it, she would have been like, oh, shit, regret. Did I say suicide? (laughs) I meant he's still alive. <laughs> he thought about it. He mentioned it. It's, it's very messy. And I really empathize with her because, yeah. again, 2018, four years ago, like I said, I was 23 four years ago, reflecting back, did some really out of character things that I'm yeah. glad that nobody's going to hold me to because, you know what, I forgave myself first. So yeah. if you decide not to forgive me, I'll live with it. But in this instance... I think the thing that makes me feel better about what Phoebe is doing is what you said before, the amount of self-awareness she's using to navigate this scenario. Yeah. Lying with self-awareness versus lying with a complete lack of self-awareness. I'm going to take the self-awareness. Someone said to me, I did this with this intention for this outcome and I understand the impact, but I chose myself over you. Great. We can do that. Over here, which is like, I don't know, like, I didn't know how it would affect you if I didn't tell you the truth about something that would definitely impact you. But now that you've told me that you're hurt, I think I get it. No. Yeah, I agree. I think she is owning it. And that's what I love. As you said, it's like she's not feigning anything because that would be really transparent. Flex. Let's talk next steps. How does she tell the father? How does she tell her friends? What happens from here? Next steps, she doesn't tell her dad. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, but I feel like throughout this episode, we've both come to the realisation that she can't tell her dad that she's told this huge lie because it's not going to help anyone at all. Yeah. In this instance, I think it would cause irreparable harm to her relationship with her father. And I think that her having to rehash all the ways that he hurt her to lead her to this point of this grand lie and then telling the story from that moment no it's too much and it's not necessary how should she tell the friends i think she needs to lead with the context about how her relationship with the dad has evolved and she's like yeah i think the point that i want to make here is that he's not actually dead yes so phoebe we know you're out there we know you're listening just back yourself like your friends they know you they know the kind of person you are we don't even know you and we understand where you're coming from we understand why you did what you did So just say it like you said it to us and I think everything will be fine in the end. Let us know regardless what happens. We would be very interested to hear. And yeah, Phoebe, like if I was in your position, I would honestly be like, here, take this letter and read it. Because I think this is all that it takes to get a friend who cares about you and has loved you for so long to understand where your intentions were lying. I agree with you on the dad thing. I feel like it was already a fractured relationship. You know, you're going to be working backwards if you tell him this lie. Flex. Thank you so much for joining me. Flex and Annabelle believe in lying. Yeah, <laughs> pro lying. Hold everything. <laughs> Thank you as well to everyone who listened to this episode of Everybody Has a Secret. If you have a secret you're itching to spill, write us a letter and mail it to our PO box. You'll find all the details about where to send your letters in our show notes. Of course, if the old school mail system isn't your thing, feel free to email your secret to us at hotline at shamelessmediaco.com. Everything we read will, of course, be kept totally anonymous. As for socials, you can find us on Instagram at Everybody Has a Secret Pod and on TikTok at Everybody Has a Secret. I'll be in your ears once again next week. Bye. This 
This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hi guys, Shameless Media's video producer Charlotte here. I'm abruptly popping up at the end of this episode to tell you about a new series I've been working on called The Tastemakers. It lives on the Shameless Book Club feed and the series explores the inspiration and motivation of Australia's most trusted tastemakers. Hosted by the wonderful Gemma Diamond and spanning across six episodes, we'll hear about everything from beauty to lifestyle and food. One of my favourite episodes to film was with Maggie Zhao. She's such a bookworm and she offered up some really interesting in-depth insights that I really loved. It's so good to see Gemma and Maggie sit down and talk about books and they just had such a fantastic chemistry on the day that when we were shooting, I just knew that this was a good episode. Oh my God. So do you know how we talk about social media and it's like, yeah, like an overnight success, like this person, you know, overnight literally gained a million followers, right? So think of that and now think of the opposite of that. (laughs) And that is me. Tastemakers is made for anybody who is looking for a slice of inspiration from influential women who are ready to offer up their expertise. Search for The Shameless Book Club in your favourite podcast app now, have a listen and make sure to click follow so you don't miss your next favourite episode.